So Matt, um, this week, uh, you know, interesting week uh, in video games, whatnot. I have pretty much only been playing Animal Crossing, but I think it's interesting that the themes of this week are two of the scariest things in the world. What would those be? Tigers and spiders. (laughs) Tigers? Where did the spiders come in? Matt, you've been playing Animal Crossing, right? Oh, are you talking about your, like, tarantula island? Um, No, weren't you hoarding tarantulas? Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't call it hoarding. I would say it's more like investing. (laughs) Uh, You know, when times are tough in the economy, you can turn to Animal Crossing and invest heavily in uh, all sorts of things. Spiders um stocks uh of turnips <laughs> i bought a hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of stocks of turnips on sunday i'm hoping it pays off bought it at yeah 95. i didn't buy any this time i spent all my money's in tarantulas right now actually <laughs> do, do you have a do you know how many you have on hand how many tarantulas yeah uh no i haven't i haven't figured out tarantula farming yet i tried to do oh. it but I, I got fucked up that's why i wanted to talk about it I need, okay I need, I need tarantula tips can I can I give you my uh, latest count uh, that is definitely lower than what my actual count is? Uh, yes, please. I have 120 tarantulas right now. Matt, that spans across three rooms of my house. Three rooms of my house are dedicated to tarantulas. Matt, and not I one, one minute ago you were telling me that you're you know I wouldn't call it hoarding. You know I have spiders. I have tarantulas. Yeah, investments. <laughs> investments. This is like it's like a solid, almost two million bells, I believe. Two million bells. I'll I'll run the numbers right now. One second. Yeah, one second. please do. Because so two million tarantula, bells. Ugh. So tarantulas on the market are an eight k, right? So we do eight thousand times one hundred twenty. <laughs> that's nine hundred sixty thousand bells. But then, if you sell it to the the bug guy, which is who I'm waiting for, and I believe it's a one point five price. It's a one million four hundred forty thousand bells. That's what I have. See, it's an investment. I'm keeping it for a rainy day. <laughs> and see, actually, what I've been doing with them, too, is um, since I, I'm not sure when he's going to come, I've been uh, I've been kind of taking tarantulas out of my um, my tarantula fund whenever I need to pay off like a bridge or some public work project. I'll just grab a couple tarantulas, sell them, and then I have the money. It's a liquid investment. <laughs> Matt, Okay. I just like is just by just I mean, thirty minutes ago finished Tiger King, and the behavior you're talking about is a lot like what Joe Exotic did to get out of all the scrapes he was in. You know, I'll just sell a couple tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty true. What's up, cool cats and kittens? This is the Motion Pixels podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Meow. <laughs> Matthew is my, uh, Matthew Rawlings, my co-host. Say hello. Meow. <laughs> and this is the Motion Pixels podcast, you cool cats and kittens. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the the animal kingdom is in, in, in full force this week um, in the Motion Pixels um, apocalypse that we are in right now. Um, and Matthew, 
Um, sounds like you are the tarantula king. I am the tarantula <laughs> king. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. So this week we watched a lot of Tiger King, um, which is like a seven part, six, seven part documentary series on Netflix. Um, we'll be talking about that. We um, also have been playing quite a few um, hours in Animal Crossing, which is this like Nintendo um, life simulator game. We can talk about it a little later if anyone's not familiar. <laughs> yeah, the, the game we've talked about for the past two weeks. Uh, um, coming on yeah. for week three. Um, and, you know, it'll, we'll just keep on. Those weeks will keep on coming. Uh, other than that, um, Matt has some opinions. I can only assume bad opinions. We'll see. Um, on VR and Half-Life Alex. Um, which he has seen an entire playthrough of. I've seen a couple hours of uh, gameplay of. And uh, Matt just told me the ending of that game. And uh, Wild. <laughs> what? Wild. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will not be spoiling it, just so everyone is aware. Um, this is a spoiler-free uh, podcast. If we spoil, um, then, you know, our, our noses will extend. Our pants will be on fire, because we would be liars. Um, so we will not be doing that. Um, but, yeah, the ending of Half-Life Alex is bananas and we'll be kind of insinuating stuff i guess and talking about you know we're not going to spoil anything but we'll be talking about you know some things that appear i got some questions i need answers to and matt is just the guy to do it um other than that do we have anything else matt i, th- I just want to i want to provide a roadmap to take um our our viewers on a journey through um i think that's good i think we should just hop in let's do animal crossing first though i think that'll right. be a, a good little good little town update let me know where where you're at right now um okay well the town the island nation <laughs> the uh the the nation uh what, what is it in metal gear it's the uh the the, the military with no nation something like, yeah um basically my island is doing well to put it shortly um although i w- actually i should i should take that back my island's doing fine i'm doing well you walk out of my <laughs> island, <laughs> you walk out of my island and i have this huge like estate I have a, an orchard of uh, every fruit. I think every fruit. Uh, I have pear and cherry coming in soon. Um, but this orchard stretches um, across my island that leads to my house and in front of my house, covered in flowers. Um, I have these two, um, kind of like at the gates to my orchard, I have these two glowing soft serve ice cream lamps um, that Dane gave me. Um, so I kind of look like a pimp like Dane. Um, as you're going uh, up to my house and I have all sorts of uh, let's just say oddities on display Um, you go into my house um, it's an Egyptian temple Uh, the wallpaper all Egyptian hieroglyphics the the ground is stone like this like gnarly cragged cragged stone and um, I have a seance table I have a like a giant skull radio that the eyes glow red when it's on I have a human skeleton next to it. That's my that's my main room. You go into my bedroom, and then there's a uh, puzzle pieces, uh, puzzle pieces flooring with uh, I forget what the what the walls are. They're just they're just pretty. And I have a race car bed um, that I found in a tree. The race car bed you uh, you hop into it, and as you lay down, the second you close your eyes, it uh, the lights turn on <laughs> on the race car bed, and when you hop into it, uh, it honks. Um, I have a boxing ring in my room, uh, fourth of it. Um, yeah. I just I mean, got that. 
I do. Wait, do you have the whole thing or just one? No, fourth? I just got that one corner of it though. Okay, yeah, I have the neutral corner, so I'm willing to. I'm willing to, you know, trade and barter four more corners. I'd like to have a Jake Paul esque boxing ring in my house. That would be cool. Um, yeah, man, it's been good. Um, I have two people moved in. Agent S moved in. The uh, evil Knievel looking uh, squirrel pop star. He just moved in today. The other person who moved in was this cool monkey. I, I have one more guy moving in, then I get the cool town square that I've seen. I'm sure you have. Um, you don't yeah, have monks, that yet? No, I don't have it yet. I uh, I just been oh, working. Wow. You know, I don't. I only play for a few hours every night, but um, those few hours, I enjoy. Yeah. Wow. So I'm I'm way ahead. I I don't know how I got so far ahead of you. I like haven't even really been able to play all that much recently, but. I forgot what triggers that, but I have like um I think I'm getting my eighth person tomorrow. My like eighth villager. Um and I have all the houses laid out. So I have the upgraded town center. Um I have like a I have the flag and the 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 town tune now, so all that's going well. I got a bunch of cool villagers. Um I'm giving everybody a wardrobe, like so they all have different clothes to wear every day. What you can do is if you give like a, a shirt to a villager, um, they'll they'll wear it. But they'll like the first time I was kind of mad because I gave a shirt to to my Rhino Chad um, to Tank, and it it was like a, a cool like athletic shirt. And I was like, oh yeah, th- he'll like this. And he wore it for a bit. Then he went back to his like dude, same old shirt. Rules. Well, yeah, dude, Tank rules. But so he went back, and I was a little miffed about it. But then I saw him wear it again. I was like, okay, so he just he'll like change in and out of it. Like he'll have like just clothes he'll like periodically change through. And I've given him like a couple different things now, and he just wears like a random shirt every day. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. And so I've started to do that to all my all my villagers. They all have like different clothes I've given them. Uh, if I think it's cool and it matches them, I just gave one of my uh, monkey villagers a pair of glasses that I, I thought fit her pretty well, so she'll <laughs> occasionally sport those. Um, you know, I, cool. uh, I did not know that um, people changed in and out of the outfits you gave them because I had given. Um, this cat named Cat on my island, who I think is like a rapper, because um, she wears this like crazy leather jacket with like a gold chain and like a seed, like a gold record on the back. I gave her a jacket that did not turn out to be as cool as what she was already wearing. So I, I, I hope she changes back. Oh yeah, she'll do it occasionally. I, I think it might. There, I think there's like a system in place where every clothing item I think is tied with like a I don't know, like all the villagers have. Um, traits and i think clothing also follow that traits so like uh like if it's a if it's a sports shirt it will have like an athletic trait so athletic people will be more inclined to wear it more often but i know like have you seen the raymond memes uh no because I okay no there's this business cat uh whose name raymond and he has this like suit um and he wears that all the time uh but the way the traits work out in this game is if you give him a maid's outfit I think it's also classified under the same thing. So he'll just wear the maid's outfit <laughs> and he'll, he'll like love it. He's like, wow, this is really cool. And uh, you can just turn this like really business looking uh, a type kind of character into wearing a maid outfit. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people are really liking that. So oh, I, awesome. I, I think personalities infect what the, or affect what the villagers want, want to wear. So if you just give them some other stuff, make the wardrobe bigger, I'm sure they'll they'll change out. And those uh, those personalities are also what what drives the the conversation, right? Like I think the the conversation isn't really tied to like the particular 
villager it's tied to like the personality they have is that how it works i think so i think i don't know i i I think they've definitely changed over the years, but I believe it used to be like personality type would like pull from a pool of what they would say. But I think they also have specific things. Like there might be a couple types that layer that will influence what they say. Um, But I've also noticed, I think there's like a friendship meter in this game that you can't see that will unlock, you know, like Dane was talking last week about the dialogue being a little not great. Yeah. Well, I so I've been kind of seeing that for a lot of like general things and I was like, okay, yeah, that's true. But then as I've talked to villagers more, they've started to kind of open up and a lot of the you know like people will tell you to kind of like stop talking to them if you talk to them too often. Yeah. That like starts to be less of a thing. And okay. a lot of the people will open up more and have more interesting dialogue that they'll say to you if you become better friends with them. Oh, wow. So I think that's how it works, but I'm not a hundred percent. It just, it seems like there's a good dialogue. I think you just have to do more work to get it. Um, but yeah, I'm not hundred percent positive on that, but we'll have to see. We'll have to keep uh, discovering each week. Yeah. That makes sense because like I was saying uh, last week in pocket camp, the whole game is like about like basically talking with your villagers and seeing like what they like and giving it to them. Um, it's, it kind of reminds me of the uh, in Fire Emblem Three Houses, um, which I know we both played. Um, in the church, you could go and get like a kind of a, a it would kind of quiz you on what your students liked. So it would be like people would have problems, like uh, relationship problems or whatever, and what they would they would ask you, like one character would say like, "Oh, this character has been really quiet to me lately. I don't know what I should do to make them feel better." And then it gives you options, like a multiple choice, like give them a teddy bear, give them a pat on the back, give them a bowl of pasta. And if it was like the giant dude who loved to eat so that he could fill out his like muscular form, if you picked like give him a bowl of pasta, that would be the right answer. Then you would get like appreciated as like an advice giver. Like pocket camp is a lot like that, where it quizzes you all the time on like what kind of gifts other uh, villagers would like. So I was surprised that that kind of emphasis on villagers and what they liked and like being more and more friends with them wasn't as prominent in this game, but maybe that's just kind of a part of the quote unquote end game or like deeper. You just have to get deeper into the game to really see it. Well, it's never, I think it's just part of the whole animal crossing is do whatever you want. There's no pressure to play this however you want to play it or play it. There's no pressure to play it a certain way. It's just do whatever you want. Um, I think those systems are there because you can give animals gifts once you like talk to them a couple times. Once you like hit a base level of friendship, it's there. And I think that's just kind of for you to go out and discover. Like I try to give somebody a gift like every day. Um, and it's usually just me recycling things the animals will give to me. <laughs> so like somebody will give me something. It's like, mm, well, this is just either going to get sold or go into storage. So I'll just give this to somebody I think that will like it more. And it usually works out pretty well. And what's cool, what I really like about the gift giving is I've only given furniture and um, shirts or like apparel. And I've seen the villagers use that every time so far. Um, So like if you want to have a piece of furniture in a person's house, if you give it to them and they like it, there's a good chance they're going to have it on display. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, Though it's just more flexible. You can do more with it, but. 
I think a lot of those aspects are still there. I think it's less question-based, though. Um, you do get to points where villagers will have conversations with you about other villagers and ask you, like, advice and opinions on things. Or you'll get dragged into um, – Dane was kind of talking about this last week. Uh, you'll get dragged into conversations between two villagers, and you have to, like, settle an argument or something like that. Um, I have not seen that myself. I, yeah. I actually, my girlfriend, she had something like that where she ran into uh, an argument happening uh, between two villagers, and I forget exactly what happened, but one of the jocks, it was like uh, Dom, who's this like tie dye shirt wearing like athletic sheep, said something like, "I hope my muscle ointment uh, gives you blisters" or something like that. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> interesting yeah yeah it was a very like didn't seem like an animal crossing thing i was like i didn't know there was arguments in this game i thought this is oh, yeah. the game where you go away you, you get away from arguments you know in that's Dude, uh, interesting to me interesting you'll see me. villagers like get mad a lot in that game is there like, fighting? They'll, they'll walk is there, around like, with like, the like emotion fighting where, mini games not fighting mini games but they'll <laughs> have like the little like steam cloud coming out of their head and they'll be like stomping and their face will be all red and you can just tell they're pissed off that's so funny yeah that's it's so pretty funny, funny. Yeah. Just like real life. And then you can have warring, like, uh, wars between islands, like in the Metal Gear Solid Online. Like oh, you yeah. can denuclearize other people's islands. Yeah, I'm going to keep my island uh, nuclearized for as long as I can see. Well, the thing, you know, it's your right to be able to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and they, other islands exactly. can't take that away from you. Much like how, okay, we shouldn't transition to Tiger. I was going to transition this into Tiger King. Um, <laughs> but the parallels are there, people. Dude, Joe Exotic had nukes. <laughs> he had the animal uh kingdom equivalent of nukes which is yeah very very cute tiger cubs that um you know he treated questionably but we'll get into that a little later um uh yeah this game is so fun like you you can just get lost in it and what's crazy like you're saying with these systems like um the villagers fighting each other and villagers using furniture that you give them in their house if they like them it feels like earlier i was talking about like the end game of animal crossing and it feels wrong to apply to a game like this because rather than like leveling up well there is like quote-unquote leveling up with you can level up your friendships you know kind of behind the scenes you can level up your store to be nicer um it feels less like like an rpg leveling system and more so like how in like a social media feed the behaviors you do are kind of uh, the content you see then in your feeds gets curated to those kinds of behaviors so if you are into like diy stuff then you're going to start seeing more diy related content and like maybe diy content that uh, branches off into subgenres of diy and it kind of molds itself to you to get you to you know, use it more and like it more. And I feel like Animal Crossing does that same kind of thing. Like it kind of slowly tries to learn what kind of player you are and offer you things to do that um, make you like make you like it more by giving you things to do that you already like, um, kind of in like a cycle, like a positive reinforcement cycle. Um, it's pretty cool to see. It's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool system to see like unfold especially as time goes on because a lot of it has to do with time but um yeah it's it's pretty interesting pretty different for a for a game 
Yeah, and what what I like the most about it is the the building your town aspect over time. Um, it's like kind of a story mode in a way. Um, yeah, in, in the same in the way, RimWorld is like a storytelling AI driven storytelling game. It's is that what you mean? Like that same kind no, of no. I mean like there's actually objectives for you to do. Like so, the way traditional Animal Crossing games were would basically. At least the first one. Um, I didn't play New Leaf enough to know. I think there's like more like Endgame esque stuff after you played for a bit. But like New Horizons, imagine you are at the point where your island is built. You have all the towns and everything's there. That's where like the GameCube game starts. So like all the stuff like leading up to it, like placing like where you want the shops and setting up how you want your town to look like and slowly building it up to like an actual town and not just like a couple tents. All that's new. Um, and it's cool because it gives you objectives each day. And, like, there'll be a lot of things that will show you how to do that are teaching you, like, okay, so this is how you make a new lot for you want for where you want a house to be. And this is how you learn how to craft furniture. Um, and it, it shows you, like, the game system. So when you get to the end, it's like, okay, so I know how to do all this now. I can... I know how to play this game and do a lot of the customization stuff. Whereas in the GameCube one, it would kind of just drop you in. And the only objective of that game was really uh, get bells to get a bigger house. And then everything else was optional. So what you're saying is that Nintendo, after about 20 years, has patched in a tutorial to the original Animal Crossing in the form of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Well, and it expanded upon it. It's like the the fourth remake of the original game in a way. with additional content yeah that's 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 interesting because like i was saying like it's not like the meat of this game isn't in any story per se you know a narrative although you know, there's narratives sure but it's in like the evolution of the system and in the in, 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 in the same way that like smash ultimate is basically the same core game as super smash brothers for the n64 it just has all these layers of systems on top of it and more characters and whatnot this feels like that kind of evolution of the animal crossing franchise. Yeah. And it feels like it's stepped forward a lot too. Like it doesn't feel like yeah, a big step, forward. like their least evolved franchise is definitely like, it's not like Pokemon where nothing ever really God. changes. It's like the opposite of that. It's like, yeah, rather than just pretty layers of paint and a few new systems, it's like overhauls and rethinks and evolutions. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really happy with it. I'm excited to uh, keep playing it. And uh, are you, are you, did you hear about the, uh, the seasonal event that's starting on, on Wednesday? Dude, yes, I saw <laughs> I saw the video for it, and that's the first time I have seen news about Animal Crossing, and haven't been excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look kind of like it freaks oh, me I out, dude. Eggs? The bunny, like it. Okay, so <laughs> it it seems like something that is pointless. I'm hoping that it's not pointless. So it, in this event, for those of you who have not seen the, I think it was in like the the Nintendo Mini Direct that was last week, which I. I, you can watch it on YouTube. I recommend it. Um, is that am I right in that, Matt? That's where they announced it. Uh, yeah. Well, it was announced that there was going to be an event for it, but they didn't have specifics. So that yeah, that's where it was like detailed. So it's detailed in this Nintendo Mini Direct, which is like a very cool surprise uh, Mini Direct. Um, and in it, it's like an Easter event that they call Bunny Day. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So it's called Bunny Day, and there's like this really kind of like five nights at freddy's-esque level smiling bunny (laughs) mascot who's somehow a part of it you're like mining easter eggs that you can use to make like easter decorations 
And to me, that sounds like something that I don't care about a whole lot if all this effort that you're doing is to get these Easter eggs that are a resource, like a crafting resource to make Easter decorations. Like, I'm going to be spending all this time to decorate for one day. Like, a lot of the decorations that I saw you could make didn't seem like something I'd want to just have around year-round. And maybe that's not the point, you know? Maybe it is just purely like, this is the Easter thing. Um, please enjoy it. Um, but yeah, didn't I wasn't very jazzed about it when I, when I saw that uh, direct. You ready to get really sad? Yes. All of the events are going to be like this. Yeah, then that's, you know, that's what it is. They're like mocking, you know, the real life, you know, seasonal decorations, the going out to the store and buying, you know, cheap yeah. holiday stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's that's what it is. This is like a living, breathing world that respects time um, and lives through time. So, I mean, that's that's cool. Maybe I will learn to love it. But it just, when I think of like the first big update to a game I'm excited about, I think of like something I really want to sink my teeth into that like fundamentally changes the game, not something so seasonal. But I guess it's like this is Animal Crossing's Battle Pass. I mean, it, not even. It's just uh, like none of the updates are going to be okay. I shouldn't say that, but I don't think any of the seasonal updates are going to have anything like what it sounds like you're looking for. Like they're they are going to be putting the holiday into the game, and that's about it. And it looks like from this. Like a lot of some of the holidays in the past games have been a little different where there'd be like a weird little like mini game or thing you can do. But a lot of the major ones um, like Halloween or Christmas come to mind in like the original GameCube game. It's basically find the seasonal currency, turn it in, get furniture, collect the furniture set. That's like what they all are. And that's what this is. Um, so like they announced Earth Day 2. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, in that direct so like there's gonna be Wait, earth day for- two is an earth day <laughs> yeah like, i realized i said that wrong <laughs> they also announced earth day that is going to be in april um nintendo just dropped earth drop earth day two damn but, yeah i don't know what that's gonna have that see like easter is gonna be a 12 day event so you're gonna have 12 days to get all the eggs and whatnot um and get all the furniture i think earth day will probably just be like a one day event and it will probably be like the same thing where like it's going to have you plant some trees and you're going to get like a metal to hang on your wall or you'll get a special piece of seasonal furniture. And then that's going to be about it. Like I don't see any major updates coming to this game in the future that are going to overhaul a bunch of systems. They might do like one. I think they did that for I think when the Amiibo support came out for New Leaf, they did a big update that added some extra content to the game. But I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that. But this is also the Splatoon team. So they might do something that's going to add a bunch of cool stuff in. But there's not a precedent. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get my hopes up for it is what I'm saying. No, that, that does sound cool. That does sound cool. So, you know, it's like a seasonal celebration just like you have in the real world. So, yeah. you know, you still enjoy your time in the real world during Easter. I might not, you know, go out of my way to cover my apartment in uh, fake multicolored grass and hide easter <laughs> eggs but you know i enjoy the the colors around the neighborhood so you know it'll be cool it'll be cool to see you know my villagers getting excited about it and uh you know maybe doing some of the events i just don't see myself grinding for like the whole set you know but maybe i will who knows maybe i will to decorate for next year um, i'm prepared to get pleasant. really mad at fishing up easter eggs i don't oh, think i'm gonna be yeah. happy about that <laughs> well like, uh my my girlfriend found this week that if you have peacock butterflies on your island all of a sudden, 
uh like if you have a lot of flowers all of a sudden like catching bugs is like the most lucrative thing oh yeah overfishing it's crazy you know obviously you know not just i'm discounting like the like objectively best way to get money which i guess right now is you know obsessively investing in tarantulas Mm -hmm. um but if you're if you if you're not grinding it out like that just running around and catching butterflies and praying mantises you get tons and tons of money for it. Those peacock butterflies, if you have rare flower colors they spawn, I guess, um, they're like 2500 each, and you get you get a lot of them. Oh, the rare flowers spawn special bugs? Yeah, so um, oh, Dane was I've telling me this. I've been making those. I didn't know that, though. Cool. I don't know exactly how it works. Dane was saying that the most rudimentary way to do it is you have a, like a blue and black flower that are off screen from each other, and you run in between them, and then a peacock butterfly spawns. But um, the way... I've seen it done the way my, my girlfriend's doing it. And it's been making a lot of money like this. Um, it's just having tons of flowers everywhere. She has like a huge yeah. field of flowers that she planted with all sorts of colors, including rare colors. Um, and there's like cross pollination and stuff happening, but there's like peacock butterflies all over the place, which are these really like beautiful green, big green butterflies that are everywhere. And they're 2,500 each. Um, wow. There's orchid mantises, which are these like red and white mantises, which are, I don't know how much exactly, but, maybe a couple grand yeah those are worth um, a lot I've, I've seen those yeah I, i've seen those on my island i have not seen the peacock butterflies because i don't have rare flowers yet um but i'm working on it um i'm, I'm trying to look at like pollination patterns kind of like i think dana's talking about this like his friend leah was not sure how if you remember do you remember that conversation like, yeah i'm not sure exactly how it's working um yet in new horizons but um I've, so i've been trying to kind of keep my ear to the ground on twitter for that kind of stuff because i'm planting flowers all over the place in hopes of generating that kind of engine for money um other way to make money really well is like going and picking all of my um native fruit every day and selling them at at an island that does not have that native fruit yep that's you know like boilerplate animal crossing stuff i need to come visit you pretty soon by the way i have you should 120 peaches i gotta get rid of oh sweet yeah i sold um I don't know how many, but like a, you know, a decent amount, but definitely didn't have to, I didn't have to spend too much time gathering all these apples. And I made like 40,000, um, really easily, um, just going and selling them at my girlfriend's Island. So yeah, it's something you could do, um, with not much more than, you know, what you pick every day or can pick every day on your own Island without doing much extra work. Um, but yeah, man, this game is just so, so fun. There's so many little loop gameplay loops that you can fall so easily into, um, it's, it's just seems so well designed. Like you're walking across your Island and you find a fossil. You're walking down to the museum to, to assess that fossil and see if you could donate it. And then on your way, you see a, um, maybe this is just speaking to how easily distracted I am. Cause this is how, this is how my gameplay of animal crossing typically goes. I'm on my way to the museum and all of a sudden I see the floating, uh, floating present on the balloon i shoot that down it's a cool piece of furniture that i'm like how what does that look like i go back to my house redecorate redecorating a little bit turns into redecorating a lot i then you know like design a cool piece of clothing that you know i'm inspired by how it just redecorated and then i'm walking around and i see you know one of my one of my villagers walking around and i'm like i want to be more friends with them so i try to you know talk with them multiple times and then they say a funny thing and then that you know it's just like this game is like always distracting me in different directions but i always come out feeling like oh you know i had a good 
time at Animal Crossing. Because every it's so gamified, every, every little thing you do somehow, you know, puts money in the bank or somehow like improves your the stuff you have in your playthrough, the, the, the things you're equipped with. Um, they just did a really good job of, you know, making mindless wandering like I tend to do in the game um, feel like a valid way to play it, you know, in a way that you're progressing. Yeah, that's the whole point. Do whatever you want. Have fun. A lot of things to enjoy. I just got an entire, like I finished um, the turtle fossil. It's so cool, dude. <laughs> I have to go look at my fossils. I've donated a lot recently. I've been trying not to check it too frequently. So I, I check it maybe every every like five or six that I that I donate mm. of, of whatever it is. So that I can go in and like really see the difference rather than going in every time and not noticing the difference um, with the amount of stuff you've donated, filling out the museum. Mm-hmm. But the museum's so funny. Like you walk up in the insect in the insect section and there's that what do they call it? The ring it's not a ringworm, it's like a boxworm. Is that what it's called? It drops from the tree and scares you. Oh, the you. bagworm? Yeah, the bagworm. So cute. So <laughs> cute. <laughs> um have you have you caught any crazy fish? Not recently. I haven't this week it's kind of just been like log in, do the daily like chores, and uh, try to unlock the next thing for the next day, and then stop. Yeah. So not a whole lot of exploration really. Just grinding, man. No, just not grinding. even grinding. Just doing like just doing the daily, you know, just coming in, talking to some people. I kind of mosey and like you know check on things, but I I spent a lot of time. Uh, I think before this weekend or maybe it was on like Friday night or something, I found a pattern to make a custom path because I don't have the pathing unlocked yet. And I just spent like two hours laying down custom designs to make it look like I had a cobblestone path. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's you'll so have to cool. come see my town soon. It's looking pretty, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to. You should come visit mine too. Um, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, a an island hop away. <laughs> also my title is total intellectual wow <laughs> i'm still internet trash i think it's gonna stay that way that's a very good one that's a very good one <laughs> so yeah man animal crossing uh i shouldn't good. change mine to tiger king dude i bet you could i bet you could tiger. yeah i bet yeah. you could because there's tigers and kings dan has that elvis guy who's a lion king so you know it's not out of the question for that to be one huh. of those titles. I should do a Joe Exotic build. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't uh seen all of the haircuts yet. Um so maybe a Oh, there has to be a mullet. mullet. There has to be a mullet. That'd be pretty funny. If anything, just <laughs> do long hair funny. and then have a hat so it looks like a you can try to like kind of make it look like it. <laughs> oh, Joe Exotic. Yeah, so that seems like as good of a transition as any to uh start talking about the uh, whirlwind of Florida man-esque entertainment that uh, <laughs> uh, Netflix's Tiger King is. Do you want to talk about uh, like just an overview of what it is in case people well, aren't aware? Dude, it's not even Florida man. That's just like, that's he's Oklahoma. That's just full force like Midwest. Just what happens in, in, in places like that out there. And uh, there is, uh, you know... It's just animal people really there's it's animal people it's animal people sporadically murdering each other um and maybe their husbands and feeding them to tigers <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that dude i don't even know where to start with that i uh 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things that like as it unrolls, or as the story starts to you know be told, it just goes into so many insane directions that, and all of them feel just as like important as as the next. You know, because so many so many crazy things at such a high level of craziness happen in a row. That you're like, oh, this episode's about that. Oh, this episode's about an entirely different thing, but with like this this person who you thought was a minor character in this whole thing. Oh, actually, no, they're gonna have a whole episode about them, and it's gonna turn out that they murder their husband and uh, <laughs> fed him to uh, tigers, and then allegedly, uh, allegedly, we don't know that. Uh, we don't know that. We don't know that. Um, okay, that, so, that's the argument one of the characters made, makes. So um, this is this is something I kind of wanted to talk about. Like, I don't know how I feel about that being the, the narrative that the documentary laid out. Um, Cause I feel like th- this I'm comparing kind of to uh, making a murderer. Did you, you watch that, right? Yes. Yes. It did. Okay. Um, this is like that, but like even crazier, yes. <laughs> yes. way crazier, um, way crazier with more insane characters. Uh, but like when that came out, there was like this big discussion around did, did they do it? I forgot the main character, but I remember the second character, the uh, the younger guy, Bre- Brendan, Brandon, yeah, Dassey. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there's a lot of like, like it's it's unknown if they did it or not. Both of those guys. What was the main guy named in that show? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, the, the yeah, but see, like watching that, it, the the it was very it was open because it's not it's not solid, but there is definitely a narrative pushing you to think one way or another and it's it's for from a narrative sense i really like that's fine you know like they're trying to tell a story and they have a viewpoint right that's what the documentary is um but with these docu-series that are essentially kind of being like reality tv but real and right that's kind of what it seems like it's more like a more modern version of like finding these real crazy stories that are happening in real life and telling about and like telling people about it and in the case of tiger king part of the documentary series is about an, a literal reality tv show being yeah. filmed about uh, all these crazy characters <laughs> yeah um but where i was going with that is it's messing with people's actual lives and it makes me feel kind of uncomfortable <laughs> like uh like yeah all these true crime things are really skeevy in that way where they you know, are not entirely unbiased depictions of real life, you know, true crimes that happened. Um, and they get people invested in the way social media gets invested in real people's lives. Um, and, you know, because all of these people who are pressuring from from social media were only given this one side of the story, then, you know, I think, I don't remember what happened specifically with the making a murder thing, but a bunch of ev- evidence came out outside, completely outside of that documentary that, you know, it was pretty contradictory and pretty compelling. So, yeah. You know, when I'm, I'm saying, saying that, you know, this lady in the Tiger King documentary allegedly killed her husband, I'm I'm talking about that through the lens of this bananas documentary where this insane dude who's this gun-toting, flamboyantly gay cowboy zoo owner, Joe Exotic, he makes a... F- he makes a country music video about this woman feeding her husband to a tiger. Um, and they go into all sorts of detail about, you know, the, the case for it. But as a viewer, I'm just sitting there, you know, eating my popcorn thinking, this is the best thing I've ever watched. I want to believe all of this crazy stuff. 
where that gets sticky, like you're saying, is when you actually, you know, start looking at it as anything other than a piece of entertainment. Yeah, and see, that's what's, like, what what's kind of, it, I don't know. I feel like this is not, look, what's interesting about these is that the entertainment can keep on going <laughs> if you go outside. Uh, like, right after I finished that series, I went to Big Cat, Big Cat Rescue or whatever their website is, mm-hmm. .com, and... The literally on their main page, they had a response video to the series. So like there's, it's like Easter eggs in real life because it's hitting <laughs> on people's actual lives of them responding to it. You can go yeah. find interviews with Bhagavan or whatever. Bhagavan his name. Doc Antle. Dude, yeah. That guy was so crazy. And like fuck? him talking about how he's disappointed with how they portrayed him. Um, uh, Carol Baskin and her husband, Howard, there, he has a, it was just Howard in the video, but he had a 10 minute response to how disappointed they were with the integrity of the documentary uh, makers. And what's even create what's like, like it just goes into getting sides of stories because they well, had a I clear mean, stories viewpoint. of real court cases. You know, this is, well, like, yeah. this is legal stuff, but see, like they fra- they made it look like in a very like clear way where it's like, they looked at something. It looks like she killed her husband, right? Like, that in her he just disappeared and she got all this money and nothing really came of it no real investigation that's pretty suspicious right but then you go watch this video that they're defending themselves and they're refuting it and like that 10 minute video is almost them trying to discredit the documentary people like their whole thing was they had and obviously like i kind of think this is true if they had known that's the way they're going to frame that episode they wouldn't have agreed to it um Okay, According- okay, Matt, we're we're getting into the weeds here. Let's no, no, back no, no, up. No, 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 no. Let's I, back it, up and say I want to talk about what this what this show is actually about. If if if, if, if people have no idea, because it's crazy, it's crazy, and you can tell um, with how deep we're getting into it that uh, this is crazy. Do you want to do you want to just give a very high level overview of, of Tiger King? Don't talk to animal people. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, like anybody. Oh my god, I, I I can't. I'm 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 too. I have too many past ties to this world to have anything like. It, you got You got to describe it because I'm okay, just gonna okay. talk bad like about to everybody go, involved. I'd like to go into your thoughts on it more, definitely. Um, but just this is a rabbit hole, or should I say, tiger hole, <laughs> of a documentary series about this guy Joe Exotic who owns or operates, I should say, because ownership changes quite a few times of a uh, zoo in like a like a private zoo i guess you say you would say in oklahoma um, with like a hundred tigers and all sorts of exotic animals like chimpanzees um, and stuff like that all sorts of uh, big cats and the show is a it's like a seven part documentary i think six or seven part documentary series on netflix produced by the safety brothers who uh you know did uncut gems wait was it really yeah Um, no way yeah Yeah, the story i guess is i was looking on their twitter they were talking about it the story i guess is they started making it and then um went and worked on like a short film they did instead and then handed it over to the guy who ended up getting the directing credit on it so i guess they like were producers on it as well um but you know kind of makes sense you know big crazy characters and this like burnt out american way um but yeah this joe exotic guy uh is this like i said before 
like flamboyant gun-toting cowboy in uh oklahoma who has this bleach blonde mullet he has two husbands um who both are you know central figures in this uh in this documentary series um it also kind of goes through the relationship between him joe exotic and um like the world around his zoo and all the people working there and their relationships with him but a lot of it is about joe exotic's relationship with this woman carol uh baskin I feel bad saying her name. It's a real person. Um, but uh, this, this this woman who works at Big Cat Rescue, which is in uh, Tampa Bay or Tampa, Florida. Um, it's like a wildlife refuge reservation, something like that. Um, more conservation sited than like a private zoo that, you know, charges admission to come and see a bunch of wild uh, exotic animals. Um, and how this Carol Baskin woman was you know heavily involved in trying to um kind of like regulate um the use of exotic animals in the united states um and specifically get you know exotic animals out of the hands of people like joe exotic who were you know profiting off of like photo opportunities with tiger cubs and, and things like that um and they had this hugely animo- huge animosity between them um and then there's this other guy bhagavan doc antle who's like a supplier of uh of animals and buys animals from joe exotic and you know has similar animosity with this carol baskin woman but there's all sorts of dynamics there he's um, not nearly like, as crazy there's yeah. like the the real life i guess the guy scarface the movie scarface was based on is also in like the first couple of episodes and he's like this former drug runner turned exotic animal dealer um whose wife knits you know, cute little outfits for the monkeys that they have uh, in their facility. Um, But yeah, it's this crazy, it's kind of, it centers on this guy, Joe Exotic. And uh, it's about his journey from a guy running a, a a very eccentric guy running a uh, zoo in Oklahoma to this like cult of personality that he, generates around him with this bananas personality of joe exotic um he like runs for governor runs for president of the united states at one point um and it's about like all the bridges he burns along the way and all the crazy legal trouble he gets into with all of these people it's like real um, life trailer park boys it's like, like real life trailer park boys <laughs> zoo edition zoo yeah. tycoon irl yeah it's uh it's wild. Um, definitely give it a watch. It's on Netflix. It's like the number one thing on Netflix right now. Um, go check it out. But uh, Matt has a background uh, working for, oh my God. Um, uh, you know, uh, interesting, eccentric, potentially unstable um, veterinarians. So, uh, Matt, if you want to get into your thoughts on this, you know, you have more of like a, this is this this world's all new to me, but it sounds like you've interacted with you know eccentric animal people before in your life and that kind of colors your thoughts on it they're okay so like i have so many thoughts on this <laughs> on this show um to like kind of nail in the characters you were laying out initially before i go into my like background with animal people um i was reading something that really put into perspective the most normal character in this show is that guy that they compare to scarface He's the most normal person. He seems well-adjusted. Yeah, he's very normal compared to everybody else. And that That guy and then the guy with no legs. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Of the big players, I mean, mm-hmm. like of the people that own tigers, because um, because <laughs> like that, like what the show did really well um, was in the way it was structured. Is the first like three episodes were based around world building, kind of showing like who are the big players in this game before more narrowly focusing just on uh, on a Joe Exotic and going and telling the rest of his story. It was like, you know, like it did, like it kind of gave you an illustration of like Bhagavan Doc Antle and Scarface and Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic and like everybody that's a big player in this world, right? Um, it was kind of cool to see that uh, world building. Um, but it the thing that accomplished and told you is like animal people are crazy. And that's not just like I was talking earlier, like docu- docu-series like kind of can frame things in weird ways and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's a hundred percent true, and you should never trust an animal person, <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> because, because big people like that are always insane. Um, I shouldn't say that, but that seems to be a common, <laughs> a common thing, in uh, the higher up in the animal world you are, um, the more eccentric you can become. <laughs> like I don't know, I've never met anybody as crazy as Joe Exotic. But I've met somebody close to that, like actually close to Joe Exotic level of like just being insane. And it was <laughs> and, and like actually like it, it would be a good character if there was ever like another show or another docuseries that came out. Like I can lay out this whole person. I'm not going to give her name because she's a real person and um, she had a similar fate to Joe Exotic. And I don't want people looking that up. Uh, but she was a person that had <laughs> that moved from florida to california that worked in uh well okay some so yeah. some background i was once a veter- veterinarian technician um at a place that specialized in large animal uh care so we saw a lot of horses and cows and sheep and we also did normal things like cats and dogs uh so this person who is like the joe exotic of my life <laughs> she was uh, an ex-politician from Florida, which, you know, that should be a big red flag right there. But I was 19 and young and didn't know. Um, but she was incredibly <laughs> eccentric. Like she had this big, her big claim to flame, a big claim to fame was that she was the first openly gay politician in Florida. And she had like her, we would go to her house for like ranch calls and she'd have these big banners all over the place. Uh, so I saw him. I'm like, wow. And she was Republican too. The the, the the gay Republican politician in Florida, right? So um she uh it's kinda like Joe Exotic. He's like very like I'm I'm an ad normal person. I, I'm a gun tooting gay man, you know? <laughs> like that yeah. likes to do country singing. That's like this lady. And she had this cult of personality about her too. She was able to rap uh the doctor of my clinic, who was also crazy and had a crazy <laughs> cast of characters too. <laughs> Um, to lay it out, there was Doc and Big Doc. Uh, Doc was the veterinarian, so we called him Doc. He had a friend that was, was there like liquid our, Doc as well. Uh, there, was, there was not a liquid <laughs> Doc, uh, but Big Doc was this ex biker guy that Doc kept around to do handiwork. Who we called Doc <laughs> because his initials were Doc, but his name was like John something, and he had no D anywhere in like his name. <laughs> So you were to- wait. So you were told his initials. Yeah, he told that. Doc, that yeah, but it, they that. did not. You were told that, but in reality, his name was like John. Yeah, but and he, <laughs> we just called him Big Doc. But that wasn't. He he had no medical experience. Um, <laughs> that you're aware of. 
Yeah, and they all had they all had this girlfriend named Tammy who they all dated, and it was a love like Pentagon, and it was really weird. Um, <laughs> we also specialized in holistic medicine, so we got a oh, lot of that yeah. going on too. Crystals but to and get, shit, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, but it was crazy. So, anyways, this crazy person <laughs> I knew, she she had the cult of personality too, personality thing too, where she was able to. It was basically like Jeff Lowe. Um, convincing Joe Exotic to do whatever and kind of hand things over. And Jeff Lowe is this like Mr. Moneybags type character who comes in and Joe Exotic thinks that he can financially save the zoo when he's in dire straits um, and then ends up like kind of taking over the the zoo and becoming Joe's boss at one point. Yeah, just uh, (laughs) and the reason it's implied the reason that Joe really liked him is because this Jeff Lowe guy was a big like playboy and like basically just knew how to get girls in Vegas with tigers. Um, yeah, he would bring tigers like down to casinos or like up into his casino room and be like, hey, baby, I got 14 baby tigers in my bed if you want to come check them out. Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> so this lady at our vet was, she was like the Jeff Lowe, right? So she came in and she was able to get this doctor to do whatever she wanted and not pay for anything. Just like Jeff Lowe, where just a bunch of debt followed her. Um her one way that she always like her golden ticket to get people to think that she had money was that she's like, I got investments in the cloud. And this is like, yeah, I mean, that that, that was a good investment because cloud's really big. But she was invested in the predecessor to Microsoft Azure, which failed um, because she <laughs> it was like she was it was basically like saying I bought a share in Google Drive when Google Drive was like already pretty big and there wasn't a bunch of room to go. Um, but everybody thought that meant she had money. So like we, she owed us like over like two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> because In we would just, horse care. How do you rack up that kind of bill? What, what kind of animals because, did she have? Because this is where it gets crazy. She had a Joe Exotic farm. That's what I'm saying. She oh, bought. Yeah. So uh, she had a little farm out in the middle of nowhere, and she had a horde of dogs. Like, actually a horde. She had, like, 30-something dogs. And they're okay. all, like, these weird, like, inbred, like, just, uh, just, just like, these mangy rat-looking things. And we, she would come and get them spayed and neutered because she wanted to move back to Florida. So she was using Doc to get all the medical care for free. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was just this crazy character. But she had a fate that ended up like Joe Exotic. Um I don't know. Is are we okay with ruining that? Do we want to save with kind of where? No, it is let's now? save it. No, okay. let's let's save it. Let's save it because that that that's a pretty yeah yeah. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. So this isn't this isn't Joe Exotic a hundred percent. But the the fate of this person I'm talking about right now is the most recent uh, uh let's call her the uh, the the horse queen update <laughs> is uh she's now in prison on multiple charges of animal abuse. And almost got my veterinarian looped in with him. And they both had to appear in court. And oh uh, her bail is a million dollars. Her oh trial is pending. <laughs> uh, uh, and she's waiting well. for that. Yeah. So animal people. <laughs> crazy. Uh, that wasn't really about a show or a movie or a game right there. But that was a little spiel. Animal people are nuts. Don't. Don't. <laughs> so don't, don't trust them. Don't, don't do anything with them. They're all crazy. Listeners. You know people in the chat um we see you um the learning you should have from this is not to you, under no circumstances should you trust animal people <laughs> but you should trust animal people like tom nook who's an anthropomorphic yes. raccoon dog um much more trustworthy than these swindly you know 
uh, large animal lovers, um, which Matthew is so familiar with. Unfortunately. Hi, okay, yeah. So an- people that like animals are cool. High rolling animal people; those are the ones you gotta. Those are the ones you gotta watch out for. But high rolling animal people like Tom Nook, like Tom Nook, y- you can trust him. You can trust yes. Tom Nook. Tom Nook's a good guy. Tom I Nook is a good guy. Gets a bad rap. I used to be on the camp of. You know, Tom Nook is just like a landlord who's out there trying to make a buck off of you. But I have turned a new leaf, and I do think Tom Nook is on my side. I, I, I'm friendly with him. We get along. I'm PTN on this podcast. Pro Tom Nook. Pro Tom Nook. Yeah, I mean, the really the way you get somebody to change their viewpoint on Tom Nook is you lay out the facts. He let you move to an <laughs> island for free. <laughs> He gave you a no, a zero interest loan that you can pay mm-hmm. back at any pace you want. Um, you never even need to pay it back, and he won't do anything. Um, and uh, once you pay it off, even if it took you ten years to do it, he's like, "Oh, you want another one? Like, if you want a bigger house, I'll just give you the money for it." Like, he's like a kind <laughs> uncle. It's like he's... loaning. Like, if you had a really like nice family member that just loaned you money, no strings attached. That's Tom Nook. You know, like you gotta pay him back, but you can do it whenever because he's there. He cares about you. He gives you uh, money for all the crap you sell him. Yeah, his children buy dirt from you. Yeah, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've made a million dollars off of selling spiders to Tom Nook. Like, <laughs> What's he doing with do those do spiders? That? We don't know. Probably let him go so I can catch him again. <laughs> He's just like, he, they just make Matt so happy. I just want to see Matt happy. Tom Nook. Um, duck. so joe you, exotic probably you know not someone you know maybe can, can you know check yourself before you trust him tom nook stand-up guy we endorse tom nook yes only trust animal people people who are animals <laughs> but not people who you know are not animals but are animal people nonetheless if you know what i mean oh man <laughs> <laughs> tiger king man have you, Lions and tigers and spiders. Oh my. Have you seen... You haven't seen Ozarks yet, right? No. no it's I kind haven't. of funny that in this month, two shows that are based around like crazy southern slash midwestern people have come out. Because like Ozark isn't like Tiger King, but it's the same type of like people that run Joe Exotic Zoo are like the background characters in ozarks which is yeah which is kind of cool it's like a it's like a good theme like this is the the month of uh making fun of midwestern people i guess (laughs) yeah interesting month monthly theme netflix but we appreciate it Mm -hmm. anything to distract from all the other things that are uh (laughs) going on there have been some dope distractions um like half-life alex uh i think you know we don't have too much time left on the pod but i think there's enough time to get into into a fiery discussion on this off the wall game like i said before the podcast before you know the the on air light was blinking outside of our you know world renowned studios um matt told me the ending to half-life alex he took me through it um, that i had not seen myself and bro this game sounds insane um the gameplay i saw it looked very fun but the st- the half-life lore that it it draws upon I was not expecting in what seemed like maybe a spinoff that they were like testing the waters of the franchise. But no, this is a full-fledged Half-Life game. This is some juicy, meaty Half-Life action. 
um, we will not be spoiling Half-Life, Alex, but um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the G-Man, one of the coolest video game characters, in my opinion, ever. Um, I showed the uh, the intro to Half-Life 2 um, to my girlfriend, who's not played it, recently. You know, the wake up, Mr. Freeman, wake up and smell the ashes. Uh, that one, I showed that to her and she was like, this looks like an art school student learning how to use After Effects. <laughs> and <laughs> I was offended by that, but... But you uh, don't, she doesn't so, have the, 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 the context of the time, right? Like, exactly, exactly. Especially coming from ha- the original Half-Life with the crazy stuff that happens at the end of Half-Life 1 with G-Man. With G-Man just dropping Gordon on a bus like he is at the beginning of Half-Life 1 from space or wherever. He's like the silver surfer in a suit and he just drops, you know, it's the G-Man interesting interdimensional you know, kind of horrifying character. Um, I, the G-Man has been close to my heart since, you know, I was but a Wii gamer. And I, what from what I've heard about the story of Half-Life Alex, there's some juicy G-Man bits that, uh, wow, very exciting. Are, they're, whew. Half-Life Alex seems very cool. I will say that. Yeah. Like, the things I'm most excited about from Half-Life Alex was like, all the possibilities a new Half-Life game means. Like, like this game, it seems like it's going to be, it's going to have the same impact as Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2, um, which like, for those aren't, that aren't familiar, like a lot of huge games and, and way games are today come from those two games. Half-Life, yeah, Half-Life 1. Yeah, go, you can go on. Yeah, yeah. Half-Life 1 was all about, it came out in a time of arcade shooters, like, like Doom. Like where you just run through a bunch of dis- disconnected maps and there's like a vague story, but nothing like really enthralling. And it's just, it's all about the action. It's all about the gameplay. Half-Life kind of took that and was like, all right, so it's going to take place in essentially like one shot, right? It's, it, it follows your perspective the entire time. There's, there's cut no cut scenes. scenes. You're like a part of the cut scene. You're yeah, moving you around are the cut scene. The cut scene yeah. is what you want to look at. And like, there's a lot of games that do that now that came from Half-Life. And then on top of that, Half Life was the spawn for a bunch of uh, other games like TF or, or TF Two um, that came. Well, team TF Classic, Team Fortress yeah, Classic. Yeah, the, the initial mod uh, that insp- ended up being that uh, Counter Strike. Yeah, Counter Strike that came from Half Life. Um, just a bunch of awesome things. Gary's Half-Life, mod. Yeah, well, Gary's mod came from Half Life Two, which is where I was going next. Oh, that gotcha, big gotcha. thing was like the Source Engine and physics-based gameplay, like that was something no other game had done. And that's like a huge emphasis in Half-Life 2. And that also spawned a bunch of games that would like either use those systems like Gmod or uh, would just be the jumping off point for a bunch of new mods that would turn into games like uh, Counter-Strike Source that came from you know, all the work that was done in Half-Life 2. Day of um, Defeat. Day of Defeat. A uh, bunch of all, all that good stuff, Half-Life 2. And but like, so this game, when it came, when it came out, like... VR has been in this place where there's been like mild improvements over the years. Like you can kind of go back to first generation VR games and you can see where they were then. And before Half-Life Alex came out, you could look at other games and like you could look at where we are now or were and be like, okay, we're getting a bit better at things. Like some things make more sense. Uh, There's more interactivity with environments and there's more things you can do. We kind of get control schemes more. Uh, and like Boneworks, have you? Did you hear about that game at mm-hmm. all? 
So Boneworks, everybody thought was going to be the game that changed VR. And to its credit, it did a lot of really good things. Uh, it just plays really janky at a lot of points. Um, Half-Life Alex though, is the thing that just kind of swooped in and like, it, it just pushed VR forward. Like it, what it feels like a bunch of years of development of other studios. It just changes so many things and just how it, uh, and what it gets right. Like there's one thing that I think Half-Life Alex stumbles on, which is like movement a bit, but everything else, it, it just looks, and from what I've heard, I haven't played it yet, but I, I've watched a whole gameplay and I have a couple friends with the systems and they, they've been telling me about it. It feels really tight and it feels really natural. And um, it just is much more immersive than any other VR game. And I'm, I'm excited for what it's going to do uh, for the VR scene. Because uh, what Valve, they do is they kind of just make things open source and let the community do things with it. So I'm hoping once they release... Uh, basically the source to SDK with all the VR tools they have and the engine and all the stuff that's built for VR development. I'm excited to see like, are we going to get a bunch of cool mods that turn into games? Like we did with like all these other half-life games. Are we going to get games that are just based upon this engine and are using all these technologies that valve developed? Like, I feel like we're at this point where this is the start of VR, like really, ushering in a bunch of really cool things um like even cooler than the other stuff that's come before and i'm i'm really excited about that like i i have an index order pending right now oh wow yeah they're back ordered for eight weeks though so every day i log in uh see see if there's an update uh realize i'm only like two weeks into my eight week order and <laughs> cry and uh do the, do the same thing again the next day yeah it's pretty exciting there's been total bangers on uh on vr like beat saber and uh the vr mode in super hot you know which is a game that was kind of like made for vr in the first place if you i, I played it on pc and i was like this should definitely be a vr game um and they made it one um but yeah i i know what you mean in that i don't know there's some sort of secret sauce that valve has with half-life alex where the physics and the visuals all tie together so well to make it just this it just feels right it just feels like oh yeah yeah, you're in the half-life world you know you can pick up any object you know throw it against each other you can pick up a bottle smash it against a wall while holding it in your hand it just all kind of makes sense and the 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 way other characters interact with you just kind of makes sense feel you know it seems like they're there um and you know bone works you know seems pretty cool but you know this is like valve getting back to this kind of storytelling they were doing with the half-life series you know in a continuation of the half-life series so it's this big like kind of cultural investment in vr that yeah i mean i hope it i hope this is like the avatar of the medium where all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of new investment in the same kind of um you know work that, that valve did to, to to have more titles like this and all honestly from what i've heard of the ending i just hope i hope valve does more half-life you know it's, it sounds like it sets it up sets up the franchise to you know have some more really interesting directions that it could take yeah uh i mean valve has a shaky track record on delivering on their uh their promises like <laughs> well, a vr a vr half-life card game could be cool yeah i mean a v a, that's a joke VR, a that's lot a joke. of things i i think a vr card game okay 
I've had these thoughts already. A VR card game would be like being in the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. Think how cool that would be. Yeah, yeah okay, Matt, we're not here to, this is not Card Game <laughs> Corner, Matthew. Uh, we are here to, we are not here to talk about card games. Um, but yes, it would be very cool. Dude, Artifact cool. 2 launching with VR support. That would be, <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> or Ar- Artifact as a playable game in the world of Half-Life Alex in the same way Gwent is in The Witcher 3. Yeah, there's, th- oh, actually, no, I still, I still don't think I'd like it, but <laughs> <laughs> there may be a future card game corner, uh, cause I guess Artifact is getting a relaunch. There's like rumors where Valve is talking about like it as, uh, they're, they're relaunching the game, but they're just calling it internally Artifact 2 cause they're like fundamentally changing everything. Um, that might be a future card game corner. Not a whole lot of news yet, but definitely going to pay attention to that. That's exciting. That is actually exciting. Yeah. But yeah, so like supposedly yeah. this is going to be like they've came out like it's not going to be another 9 years until there's another Half-Life game or whatever it was. I think it was longer. I think it might have been like 13 or something. I think 13 is the number. Yeah. I uh but yeah, like supposedly there's going to be more um they they have definitely set up the story to go in the direction for a lot more, which is exciting. Uh and I do hope though that they don't only make VR games going forward. Like I'd really like more VR, like quality VR games from Valve, but at the same time, um, they, I don't know. It'd be a shame for a lot of people to not be able to, to play a lot of like cool games coming from Valve going forward. Like, I hope it's supported, but I, I don't know. I would be surprised if the next half-life game was not a VR game. Hmm. I'm okay with that. Cause I'm going to get an index, but I, that, that sucks for a lot of people because <laughs> that's the the real issue with VR is just how expensive it can be. And like even Alex, like I don't think I would, the, re- the reason I want to get an index is because I don't think it would be as fun if it, if I didn't, if I wasn't on index hardware, because there's I, a lot of from, things from what that, I've seen. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, basically that's like getting a thousand dollar console, which you are, you already need like a several hundred dollar computer <laughs> to, to play on so um but it might get cheaper going forward who knows i feel like how do you remember when the switch came out how people were saying dude breath of the wild is so good it's worth it to buy uh, this 300 hundred dollar piece of hardware just to play breath of the wild because it changed the game for you know open world adventure games i feel like alex is like that like i don't see a whole lot of people mad that they spent a grand on you know the system to it's a it's, it's a ridiculous amount to spend on a system to play a game but it seems like kind of the game that would justify that for a lot of people yeah i mean and, and the people that are going to spend that much uh if you can spend that much on a purchase you probably can afford to you know so it's not yeah. a huge deal um to people i just it, it sucks for accessibility reasons you know it's very inaccessible yeah um but I don't know. New consoles, man. I I have a suspicion that VR is going to be a thing Sony continues to pursue. And supposedly Microsoft is getting into the game. There's some rumors coming out about them working on some VR stuff beyond their like Windows platform they have right now. Yeah, so. I uh, I have heard those, those same rumors. And I, I'd be really surprised if they didn't because people are already using Microsoft, you know, software to access VR. You know, it all runs on Windows. So, you know, they probably have, you know, they probably have their uh, feelers out trying to figure out how to, you know, make that theirs in a way. What if Halo Infinite is a VR only game? 
I would cry. <laughs> <laughs> I am so goddamn excited for Halo Infinite. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this is all very exciting stuff. And I, I don't want to go on for too much longer because I think the sweet spot we're about to hit time-wise. But uh, do you have any other thoughts on VR? Uh, it sounds like we're in a really exciting exciting spot right now. Yeah. That, you know, for me, I, I, I have no head, I have no uh, skin in the game, and I'm excited about VR right now. No, I, I'm just I'm a huge enthusiast. I'm excited to be able to try things out when I, you know, I'll give an update. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a whole nother episode on that <laughs> when I get my headset. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm really excited uh, to see where things are going to go because it feels like it's in a really good spot right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, and my personal hope, and I feel like you'll probably echo this, is that our boy Larry Herb gets in there. Microsoft, what do you got? Larry, come on the show. Tell us about what Microsoft's got up its sleeves. Larry, this is an official call out, um, and also call it to Matthew to begin. Do we have this segment? Are we doing Notable Nelson? We forgot it last week. Uh, the Notable Nelson segment is unfortunately on hiatus for the foreseeable Matt, future Matt, are you telling me that COVID 19 is the reason behind the hiatus of a most notable nelson i can neither confirm nor deny and this has been the motion pixels podcast all right you cool cats and kittens i'm august this is matt it's been real guys bye-bye dude that what's up you cool cats and kittens yeah Uh, i there was no way i wasn't gonna start the podcast with that well it was good that's uh, (laughs) what's up you cool cats and kids it's carol baskin here from big cat rescue